Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. That's it. Two verses. Hebrews 11, 23, verse 24. And the Word of God says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Notice that he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, Moses knew who he was and where he came from. And this morning, I want to preach to all the mothers here today. And the title of today's message is The Apple Doesn't Fall Far from Your Tree. You guys ready? Pray for your pastor today. It's going to be a, a tough one. Let's pray. Father, bless this word. We honor all the mothers here. I thank you, Lord, for the mothers, the grandmothers, the aunts, the women, Lord, that have an influence in all of our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for the people that raised us. And on this Mother's Day, I just pray, Lord, that you would help me to preach your word and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. As we get into this word this morning, I started praying because Mother's Day is an exciting time for a lot of people. But Mother's Day, if you're a pastor, can have a lot of pressure because you have to preach on great moms in the Bible. And I started praying and I said, Lord, would you show me an amazing mother in the Bible? And I read the book of Hebrews and I noticed that the Bible talked about Moses and Moses' parents, his mother and his father. And Moses' mother had a massive impact on the life of Moses. See, just yesterday, I was in the supermarket and I was in the produce section. As I was looking at all the produce, I started looking at the apples. And as I looked at all the apples, I noticed that all the apples are different. And all the apples, when I saw how different all the apples were, it reminded me of mothers. Because all mothers are different. See, as I looked at the produce and saw the apples, I realized that some apples like this one are sweet. Are you grateful for sweet moms? Amen? Some mothers are sweet. Some mothers are kind, the way they talk, even the tone of their voice is sweet. And mothers like this are always saying, I love you. You're so, I'm so glad you were born. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And they encourage and they strengthen you and they're sweet. And then there are other mothers like this sour apple. 
Now, we call them a sour apple, but the truth is it's just a little stronger than the sweet one. And there are some mamas out there that are strong. They're not as sweet, but they will tell you like it is. They are strong enough to confront you. They are strong enough to fight for you and with you. They are strong enough to handle problems. They might not be vocal in how much they care, and they might not be the sweetest. See, when I look at these two apples, I think of my mother-in-law and my mother. When I think about my mother-in-law, she's in her voice. Amen. Wouldn't you agree, Cookie has the sweetest little voice. And when it comes to my mom, if my mom would tell me one day, Ijo, I just want to tell you, I love you. I will faint and say, where is my mom? But I can count on my mom to tell me the truth. To be strong with me. And both. And you might think, oh, mom's sour. No, she's not sour. She's strong. Mothers have different shapes. I'm not going to go there today. Let's just stop right there. But as I looked at all the apples, it reminded me of all the moms. And we're all, they're all so different. And they come from different trees. I realized that they all have this in common. If you were to cut every apple, no matter how different they are, down to the core, there's a seed. And this is what God did to moms. God allowed and gave the ability for women. Let's clarify this. Only women can have children. Alright, let's just clear that up right now. No man can handle childbirth. But God made it so that a woman would be able to hold a man's seed. In the Bible, a seed represents children. And in the Bible, a seed represented generations. And mothers, you have the greatest miracle that God has ever displayed. And that was He allowed and picked you to hold a seed for the next generation to come. Can we give God praise for that? You hold the seed. And that seed is eventually going to grow. That seed is going to flourish. That seed is going to produce. And that seed produces exactly based on what the mother was. Think about this. The Bible says in Psalm 17.8, notice what the Bible says. It says, keep me as what? The apple of your eye. What does that mean? To be the apple of God's eye. It's an illustration that the Bible points out. Is when you're going through the market and you see all these apples, different, different sizes, different shapes, from different trees, and all the apples are there uniquely different. 
But there's one that catches your eye. And that one is the one that you pick. And that one is the one that you choose. Do you realize that this is what God says about moms? You are the apple of God's eye. And of all the mothers in the world, God looked at you and He chose you to be the mother of that child so that that child will be raised by you. That child will grow and produce and live to love the Lord because of all the moms and of all the apples in the market, God said, I'm going to choose you to bear this seed. What a responsibility when it comes to apples. So yeah, some apples are sweet. Some apples are strong. Some apples have bruises. Because there are moms out there that you've been hurt in life. And life has hit you hard and it has left a mark. And let's be honest. Some apples are are downright rotten. Not every mother is perfect. And some mothers are rotten. And some mothers should have loved you more. Been there for you more. But no matter whether you're the sweet mom, the strong mom, no matter what size you are, no matter where you come from, how life has hit you, or what mother you had that was rotten, God has still chosen you to hold the seed. And that precious seed that God placed inside you was there designed to grow and be like God. What a responsibility mothers have to make sure that the seed that God has placed inside you grows so that the next generation after you will serve the Lord. See, when I think about a mother's impact, I think about generations. I first think about my grandmother. Every Mother's Day, I think about my grandmother. My grandmother was the first Christian in our family. And when my mother got, my grandmother got saved, she, what we call, really got saved. And she was all in. And my grandmother was a sour apple. She was the strong one. And she was sweet. But my grandmother made it her mission to make sure that her daughter, my mom, would hear about Jesus. And she would preach to her and invite her to church and drive her crazy. I can't imagine my mother not wanting to go to church, but there was a time my mother did not know Christ. To me, I feel like she's always been saved. And that is not the truth. My grandmother made it her mission to preach to my mother. My mother came to Christ and she had us. 
And now my mom was responsible for the next generation. And there it is. It was Enrique. The handsome one was me. And there was Danny. And, and I can't believe that was my mom. I was like, but there, I'm sorry, but there she is. And look how hot my dad is. Look at that. That's where I get it. That's where, that's where I get it from, y'all. That's where I get it from. But then she had three seeds. Now she had three seeds to take care of. Now she had to make sure that we grew up to love the Lord. And she did a good job. And now I look at Danny with the next generation, River. And you see, I see River and I go over and he has a microphone. He's playing drums. He's worshiping. He's asking for a worship song. He's already being taught to love Jesus. And River's going to grow up someday and he's going to have children. And his children, Lord willing, they're going to serve God because it all started with my grandmother. You see, the choices you make have generational consequences. And when you sow, in the spirit, the Bible says, you will reap a harvest. But if you sow to your sin, you will reap destruction. And the reason that the family today is being so destroyed is because too many parents are sowing the wrong seed into their child's life. You have a generational impact in front of you when you look at your child. Because mom, you may not like to hear it, but that child is going to grow up one day. And that child's going to grow up to have his own family. And when that child grows up to have his own family, it's going to be up to him or her whether she's going to serve God or not. And the chances of a child serving God increase when the parents serve God. And here's the scary thing about generations and apples. One apple spoils what? The bunch. One apple, one bad apple can spoil and ruin the bunch. See, what frightens me that it only takes one generation to destroy the next generation from following Jesus. It only takes one bad apple to stop going to church. It only takes one bad apple not to read the Bible to their kids. It takes one bad apple to talk bad about people in church and about the church. It takes one bad apple and the generation after that could be destroyed. So think about this, moms. God chose you as the apple of his eye. And when he put that child in your arms, he thought of no one better than you to raise the next generation. But my question is, will the next generation after you serve the Lord because of you or not? That's why I love Moses' mom. 
Moses' mom was named Jochebed. And Jochebed, everyone looks at Moses and says, what a great leader. Moses was a great man of God. Moses loved and he served the Lord and always followed the Lord in his will. Moses was such a strong leader that he led 1.5 million Jews out of Israel. He accomplished so many things. But see, before God had a calling on Moses' life, way before even Moses was born, God was already working in the life of Moses through his mother first. Because Moses needed someone to teach him. Moses needed someone to protect him. Moses needed someone to teach him about the ways of God. Moses needed someone to deconstruct the ugly pagan culture of Egypt. And God said, I'm going to make something great out of Moses, but a great child comes out of a great mom. And he would choose Jehokabek to be the mother of Moses. Because moms, you are the pillar to a family. You know, dad might say, oh, I'm the breadwinner, I work hard, I pay the bill, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the pillar of the home, the one that holds it all together, are moms, grandmas. There's always some woman in the family that's a patriarch, that's the one that holds the family together. Moms shape a child's worldview. And moms have a profound effect, not only on their children, but their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. And mothers possess the power through the Lord to impact generations to come. And when I look at Moses... I look at someone that grew up to knew, he knew his identity. Moses grew up to love God. Moses grew up to serve the Lord. Moses grew up to lead the people. But let me just be honest here with you today. The odds of Moses loving the Lord, worshiping God, and serving Him were slim to nothing. All the odds were against Moses not to even love God. Moses didn't grow up in a church. So how did a man like that grow up to love the Lord? You see, a lot of us seem to think it is impossible to raise godly children in the culture we're living in. It is impossible to raise God-fearing children in the times we're in, Pastor. Things are too wicked. Things are too able. There's so much temptation. But listen, since the beginning of creation, there has always been temptation. There has always been wickedness. There has always been evil after sin. And believe me, today I'm here to tell you, raising a godly child is not impossible no matter what generation we're living in right now. You can still raise a child to love God and fear the Lord and serve Him. You can still raise a child to know his identity in Christ or her identity in Christ. Raising a godly child is not impossible. You have just bought into the lie that it is. 
Moses was born in slavery. Moses grew up in the ghetto of Egypt. Moses' mother could not send him to the best school. Moses' mother could not put the best clothes on him. Moses' mother could barely put food on the table because they were born in unforeseen circumstances. Because a lot of us seem to think in order to raise good children, we've got to provide the best for them, give them the best. They have to have the best environment. But I'm telling you here today, Mom, you can come from nothing and still raise an amazing child. He was born into a slave. But that did not stop the mom to saying, I'm going to make sure you love God. He was born in Egypt. And at the time, Egypt was the most ungodly, wicked, pagan, sinful place in the entire earth. And everywhere you look, God was nowhere to be found. And in Egypt, they worshipped other gods and sacrificed it, did all these pagan, ungodly things. And it was an evil time. But Moses still came out of that serving God because today we're living in such an evil time as this. Pharaoh declared all the children to another to be killed. Why? Because Pharaoh was trying to stop the next generation. We have a devil today that's trying to stop the next generation for Jesus. And, you, and he starts young. He starts at your child. And the devil looks at your child and tries to wean them out of you. And he tries to distract them and put all these temptations on them. And tries to pull them away from God. Because he knows if this child serves Jesus, the next generation will serve Jesus. So I have to stop them now. While they're young. And what we see today is a culture and a government that's trying to get to our children while they're young, messing with their identity, tell them who they're not, trying to pull them away from God. And it's up to parents to stand up and say, not in my house. So Moses was not only born in poverty, Moses was born in wickedness and an ungodly culture. But there is no excuse. You can raise a godly child. And even when Moses committed murder, because being a godly parent doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect child. Your children will fall. Your children will make mistakes. Your children will fall in sin. But here's the difference. When Moses sinned and committed murder and ran away into the desert to wander for 40 years, ironically, he encountered God and went back home. Because when you train a child in the way that he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. So maybe right now you have a child that's wandering in the world and lost. But if that child has an upbringing of Jesus, he or she is coming back home because he knows who he is. And Moses came back. It wasn't impossible to raise a godly child. It's not impossible to raise a child that honors God. The problem is 
It takes godly parents. And everyone seems to say, oh, our children are in trouble. The generation's over. It's ruined. I'm so terrified of Gen Z. They're terrible. And they are. But behind every wicked generation, there was a wicked generation before them that did nothing about it. And it is not impossible to raise a godly child. It just takes godly parents. And just like you see an ugly child, and behind that ugly child are ugly parents. Whenever you see a child that wants nothing to do with God, nothing to do with the church, no interest in the Holy Spirit, no interest in the Word of God, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. The apple does not fall far from the tree. And knowing that the apple does not fall far from the tree, it should motivate every parent here, grandparent, that you better get serious about the next generation and how they're going to serve God. See, Jochebed was the apple of God's eye when it came to raising Moses. And we can learn a lot from her. And as I studied this scripture, I picked up on some key things she did to raise a godly child in an ungodly world. How many believe we're living in ungodly times? But you can still have and raise an un, a very godly child. But I want to give you these little keys here that are going to help you to raise the next generation. Because I'm telling you right now, the next generation is just across from us in that fellowship. And it's up to you to see how far that apple falls. So would you allow me this morning to give you the keys to raising a godly child in an ungodly world? You guys ready? Number one, she believed in Moses. The Bible says in Hebrews, she saw that Moses was not an ordinary child. What does that mean? It means that when she saw her son, God had revealed to her that Moses was going to serve him. That Moses was going to follow the plans of God. And Moses was going to be in the ministry. And she believed in Moses. That he was unique. 
the first thing you need to do to raise a godly child is you need to believe in them. That no matter how wicked the generation is, no matter what conditions your home may be in right now, no matter who you are or where you're coming from, you better believe in your child that they can serve God. You cannot convince yourself, no, it's too late, it's a generational curse, it's hopeless, they've gone too far. You need to believe in your child. And when I say you need to believe in them, let me tell you what that does not mean. You need to stop telling your children they can be whatever they want. We grow up in a generation, oh, you can be whatever you want, child. You can be an astronaut. Your kid can't even spell astronauts. And you're telling them this. You can be president. You can do this. And that's all fine. You want to encourage them. All of that is great. But when I say you need to believe in your child, you need to instill in them that God has a plan for their life. That God has something greater for them, that God loves them, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. you got to stop telling kids they can be whatever they want. That's why today we have guys that believe they're girls and girls that believe in God because we have lied to them that they can be whoever they want. No, you have to tell them they can be the person God has created them to be. They can be. Powerful in the eyes of God. You need to instill in them that God has made them uniquely wonderful. You need to tell them they are not like everyone else. That they have a call on God on their life. And that's why I appreciate my mom. Because my mom never told me I could be an astronaut. But let me tell you what my mom did. And what my mom still does today. Whenever I'm discouraged, whenever she sees I'm down, I can count on my mom to remind me that I'm in the hands of God. And my mom will always tell me, son, my mom may not sit down with me and say, son, I just love you so much. Son, I just think you're the best. No, no, no. I can count on my mom to always tell me, David, there's a call of God in your life. And son, you have a gift. You can serve God. That's what it means to believe in your child. They need to grow up believing that they are unique. That God has made them for something greater. That they are not like everyone else. And you know what I love about Moses' mom? It didn't matter that Moses grew up to be one of Pharaoh's most powerful leaders. It didn't matter that Moses was a prince. It didn't matter that Moses had money and he was rich and influential and powerful. None of those positions matter. The most important thing to Jehokabed, his mother, was that that boy would serve God. And it's okay to raise your children to be successful, to get an education, to have position in life. But don't let that be the only thing you instill in them. 
Let them know that there's something more important than money, child. There's something more important than position. There's something more important than position. And that is God Almighty who has a plan for your life. Number two. Proverbs, Hebrews 11.23. Let's read that again. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid. They were not, say with me, afraid. Number two, mom. Raising a godly child in an ungodly world means you need to be fearless. And I see too many parents today with too much fear. Moses' mother felt no fear towards Pharaoh. Pharaoh could have killed her. Pharaoh could have locked her up. Pharaoh could have enslaved her even harder. But that woman said, I won't, I'm not scared of you. We need mothers today to be fearless. Mothers today need to stand up with no fear. You don't need to fear a government. You don't need to fear a school board. You don't need to fear a teacher. You don't need to fear an ungodly family member. You have no one to fear but God himself. And here we see a mother who raised a godly man because the Bible says clearly she had no fear. And in Proverbs 31.30, talking about the righteous mother, it says charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And we need to praise the mothers who have no fear of the world, but fear God himself. Because when a woman stands up to fear the Lord, she doesn't have to worry about who she's going to stand up against. Because in her mind, she has been called to raise this child and nothing's going to stop me. Too many women today are afraid. We're afraid to speak up. They're afraid of their spouse that's not saved. They're afraid of their family members who don't know Jesus. They're afraid of what people are going to think, what people are going to say. They're afraid of the school system. I can't do anything. I, I, they're afraid of their teacher. Let, go ahead, teach my child whatever you want. No, you need to stand up and be fearless and stand up for the Lord. That's why when I grew up and me and my brothers, we heard some weird stuff in the school. It was only a matter of time till Mama Bear came to that school and school board and stood up. We need parents today to be fearless. I think too many parents are even afraid of their own children. What if they don't like me? Your children are supposed to not like you. What if they get mad? What, what if this? What if listen? Be a fearless woman and watch what God does. Got a big amen for that one. For all my fearless moms here. Don't be afraid of life. Don't be afraid of a man. Don't be afraid of a government. Fear God. And do what's right. And stand up for your child. Number three, 
She believed in Moses. She was fearless. And she used the word of God to make great decisions. There were tough times in Egypt. Pharaoh said, kill every firstborn male that's two years and under. Moses, his life was on the line. That mom saw the next generation was about to die. She got together with her husband and said, what are we going to do? Parents, you know all too well those conversations late at night that you sit down with your spouse and say, what are we going to do about her? What are we going to do about him? And Moses' parents faced a great decision. What I love about Moses' parents and his mother she would use the Word of God to make her decisions. She would use the Word of God to raise that child. Look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 3 and 5. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket. Pay attention, this is important. She got a papyrus basket for him. She coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent the slave girl to get it. Moses' mother sat down with the father and said, what are we going to do? And I thought to myself, where did this woman come up with the idea to get the basket and cover it and seal it with pitch so that the basket would not sink? Genesis 6, 14. God commanded Noah, make yourself an ark. The word ark in the Hebrew literally means box. The same Hebrew word for ark is found in the word basket. So Moses' mother went back to Genesis 6.14. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make room in it and coat it with what? With pitch. Moses' mother said, if it was good enough for Noah, It's good enough for us. And if it kept Noah afloat, it will keep Moses afloat. And see, when they had no idea what to do about Moses, that mama went to the Word of God. You want to raise a godly child in an ungodly world, you better raise them in the Word of God. 
You better instill in them, thus says the Lord. You better learn that phrase a lot when you're raising a child. This is what the Bible says. I don't care what the culture says. I don't care what your friends think. I don't care what the world does. Thus says the Lord. And she went back to the Word of God and how to make a decision for her child. And the reason that so many children are in trouble today is because too many parents are relying on their own wisdom and the wisdom of the world to raise their child. But you have to first and foremost, most importantly, go to the Word of God in raising your children. How does she do it? Because she had the Word of God in her heart. And she applied Genesis 6.14 to Moses. But then God gave her even more wisdom. Because the Bible says that she covered not only the basket with pitch, but she sealed it with papyrus. And papyrus is a type of leaf that comes from a tree. But what's interesting about papyrus is that papyrus was the first form of paper used to write the Word of God. Did you know that? So this woman literally surrounded Moses with the Word of God. And I wonder today how many mothers raised their children around the Word of God. That everything you do and every decision you make aligns with the Word of God. And then God gave her wisdom. The Bible says that she put Moses along the reeds. Now I'm thinking, why would you put Moses through the reeds? That's a little rougher. That, that's not easy to do. Because reeds stick out of the water. Why would she do that? Interesting enough, because in the river, the Nile was filled with crocodiles. And there's one thing about Nile crocodiles a lot of people aren't aware of. They hate the smell of reeds. That's why you see Pharaoh's daughter bathing in the Nile. Knowing that Pharaoh threw all the babies into the Nile for the crocodiles to eat them. How is it that Pharaoh's daughter is able to bathe there with no problem? Because the Bible says she was bathing by the riverbank, and in the riverbank is where all the reeds were. So God gave Moses' mother the wisdom to surround him in an environment where crocodiles cannot get them. Why is that so significant? Because you're going to put your child into this world, and crocodiles want them. They're going to take them under. Pull them apart. Destroy them. But if you put your child in an environment of wisdom and in the Word of God, the crocodiles may be around. They may see them, but they cannot touch them. And that's what it means to raise a godly child. They may be in the world, but the devil can't touch them because that child has grown up around the Word of God. Too many parents today are raising their children with television, with TikTok, social media, 
their friends in school, their teachers. And they don't make it an emphasis to really raise the children in the Word of God. Read with them. Study with them. Quote Scripture over them. When you make a decision in raising your children like she had to, go to the Word of God. Because the Word of God will seal you from the world's crocodiles I want to take your children under. That's why when I was a child and even a teenager and I try to get away from some things and I try to do some things, let me tell you the first thing in my head was the Word of God and my mother's voice. And today, I stand here telling you that when you raise a child in the Word of God, the crocodiles can't touch them. And lastly, believe in your child. Be fearless. Surround them with the Word of God. And prune them. What does that mean? The Bible says something interesting in Exodus 2, 7-9. through 9. His sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, notice, then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women, notice, yeah, one of the Hebrew women, to nurse the baby for you. Verse 8 says this, yes, Go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's what? Mother. Look at verse 9. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby, nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Let me explain something amazing about God. He's in control. And we don't realize this, but when Moses' mother let him go into the Nile River, she thought she would never see him again. She thought that was it. I only got three months with him. And of all the Hebrew women in Egypt, out of all of them, God made it that one of Pharaoh's servants from Egypt would go to the Israelites. And of all the women, she would select the mother of Moses and says, Pharaoh wants you. And maybe she's thinking, oh my gosh, I got caught. That's it. I'm going to jail. It's over. I'm remodeling. What am I going to do? That's it. And Pharaoh looks at her and says, from now on, you're going to raise this child and I'm going to pay you because God is in control and he made it. Because God says, this boy needs to grow up to love me. This boy needs to grow up to serve me. And the best person for the job is his mom. And how good is God that she got paid for it? Why was that thrown in the Bible? Because God is letting us know that being a mom is a full-time job. They should get paid for it. Too many working moms look at a housewife and say, oh, do you even work? Yes, they do. It's a full-time job, amen? 
And just imagine as Moses is growing up and God put his mother in his life because Moses would be surrounded by all these ungodly things. And that mom had to deconstruct the culture. Because like today, we're living in a culture of ungodliness, paganism. And it's up to the parents to deconstruct the culture that they're around. And Moses, I imagine, would come home from the school of Egypt. And she would say, what did you learn today, son? And Moses would say, well, I learned about the sun god and the moon god and Ra and, and all these things. And I learned about child sacrifices. And that mother would look at Moses and says, Moses, that's wrong. Moses, there's only one God and he is Yahweh. And she would have to deconstruct everything. And Moses, as a teenager, he, he came home and said, Mom, I met this super hot Egyptian girl. And she would have to deconstruct the culture. Everything Moses learned was deconstructed by his mom. Everything he was around was deconstructed by Moses' mother. That's why if you want to raise a godly child in an ungodly world, you need to deconstruct the culture that they're around. But many parents cannot deconstruct the culture because many parents are a part of the wicked culture. So you cannot expect your son to do something that dad is doing himself. You cannot tell your children you should go to church when you don't. You cannot tell your children you should pray when you don't. You cannot tell your child, hey, respect your mama when you don't. You have to deconstruct the culture that your children are in. Because you need to understand something. God has given you that child, that seed into your life. And that seed will grow like a tree. But as the tree grows, there's something called sucker branches that form. And sucker branches, they latch onto the tree and they literally suck the life out of them. And it is your job to cultivate this tree by observing the tree and seeing if you see any suckers around. And when you see a sucker, that person's supposed to come and cut it. And cut some more. And there's another one. And you're supposed to be observant. You know, if you want to raise a godly child in an ungodly world, you better watch them. You gotta see who they're following on social media. You ain't following that person. You're not hanging out with that friend. You're not watching this. You got, you're not going to listen to that. And you need to cut the things away because there are things in this world that are trying to suck the spiritual life out of your child. And as a parent, you're supposed to be observant and cutting. And that child is going to hate you for that. That child is going to fight you on this. And you hate me, and you're so unfair, and all my friends are doing it. But I guarantee you, when you grow up to be fruitful and strong, you're going to look back and say, thank you, Mom, thank you, Dad, for watching me and cutting away the things in my life. Because had I left that, I would not be who I am today. 
And their turn comes, now they have children. And as they get older, it's cute when they're little. I don't say that little bad word. Don't do that. But then they become teenagers. What do you mean this boy don't go to church? And you want to date him? When she comes to introduce you, say, hi, how are you? I'm her dad. And the, the cutting gets serious when they're older. I'm 18, I can do what I want. No, you're still under my roof. And watch everything they do. It gets harder and harder. That's why when you're pruning a tree, it takes some serious tools. See, my, my grandmother's tool of pruning was this. This is vintage. A chancleta. And this weapon of choice was great because it was good for short range and she can throw it like a boomerang. And it always came back. I don't know how. My mother's weapon of choice was a belt. And it's great because if I try to run, it would extend. <laughs> and she had reach. My mom would walk around the house and she would literally wrap it around her waist. And she would say, We need pruning tools. And today it might be taking away their phone or whatever it is, but you got to make sure your children know that you're watching them. And every time Moses came home, Jehokabed would prune him. And listen to this in verse 24, and we're close with this. By faith, when Moses had what? Grown up. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know what that means? That Moses grew up to know who he was. That he was a Hebrew. That he was a man of God. That you are not like Egypt. You are not like the Egyptian. You are not like your stepmother. You are a child of God. You serve God. You come from God. God. God this. And God that. And Moses, when he was young, he was probably tired of hearing it. And mom, you're all fair. And mom, that's not right. And mom, you're so radical. And mom, you hate me. And she kept pruning and pruning and pruning. But the Bible says, when that boy grew up, he knew who he was. Because of a mother. A mother who said, boy, I believe in you. God has a plan for your life. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care if you're Pharaoh of Egypt. I don't care about how influential you are. I don't care about how popular you are. What matters to me is you serve God. She believed in Him. She was fearless. I don't care what the culture does. I don't care what Pharaoh commands. I don't care what all the other kids are doing. I fear God, not man. Moses grew up to know who he was because that mom raised him in the Word of God. 
so that when all the crocodiles tried to take him under, that boy was covered in the word, and those crocodiles destroyed all the other children. But Moses survived because Moses had a mother who covered him in the word. And Moses grew up to know who he was because she raised him as a full-time job. She taught him. She pruned him. So that when Moses grew up, he knew who he was in the Lord. I want all the mothers to stand up today. Come on, give it up for our moms today. All the mothers to come forward today. Come on, moms, come forward today. Come on, encourage the mothers today. Look at all the moms here today. All the mothers, grandmothers, aunts. You are the apple of God's eye. And of all the mothers... God chose you. And the same way God in his sovereignty made it so that Moses' mother would raise him, God in his sovereignty made it that you would raise your child. And you may be a mom that's still raising a child. Your children may be grown and out of the house. Your child may not even be around right now but you are still the apple in God's eye. Mom, be fearless. Be fearless in an ungodly world. Believe in your children. Instill in them that God has a purpose for them. Let them see that they're unique and not like the rest of the world. Prune them. Observe them. But most of all, cover them in the word of God. So that when the crocodiles come to try to take them under, they are protected. And I pray that your children will grow up to have their identity in Jesus Christ. And mom, there came a point. The Bible says she could hide him no longer because he was too big, he was grown up. And it's amazing that she could no longer keep him. That's what the word hide means, to keep. And she knew that she had to let her son go. But what's amazing, he was three months old. What a picture. Because even though your children grow up one day and you need to let them go, and your eyes are still little babies, aren't they? And it's a hard thing for a mother to let her child go. But see, I pray that when you let go your child into the Nile River, into this world of ungodliness and crocodiles, you know as a mom you've done your job, that they are covered in the Word of God, that you have fearlessly feared the Lord and served Him. And if you're a mom here today, you're saying, Pastor, I, I wish I heard this years ago. I wish I heard this when I was 
first raising my children. But today it's not too late. Be the mom and the woman God has called you to be. And I know she just sat down, I'm sorry, but would you come up here? And I'm going to ask my mom today to close the service and to pray for all of you today. Give it up for my mom today. Hello, ladies. Let's pray. And I want to thank all of you for being here this morning. And just encourage you that keep going. You guys have been entrusted with the most beautiful job, which is molding a human being into what he or she is going to grow up to be. And for the grandmothers as well, like Barbara now and all and Paulette, you can be a great influence in your grandchildren as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, today, Lord. For all the mothers that are here, Father, Lord, we're not perfect. We just love you, Jesus, and we need your help to raise our children and to raise our grandchildren, Lord, and to be able to build up generations that will serve you and love you and honor you. Lord, give the moms the strength that they need in the ungodly world that we're living in. Help us, Lord, to be mighty in spirit, to be fearless, Father, when it comes to protecting our children and our grandchildren. Lord, that for generations to come, they can look back and say, my mom, my grandmother honored me, honored the Lord, and that's why I'm here today. Give the mothers here wisdom, Father, to raise their children. Give them wisdom when to withhold things from them and when to add things to them. Help us, Lord, because the times are tough. We're living in a very bad generation. But you, Lord, are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We want to serve you. We want to honor you. Thank you for allowing us, Father, the privilege of being mothers. We ask for all the women here today in this church that are moms already and for those that will become future moms. Lord, that you will bless them in a mighty way and that you will implant in them a godly seed that will grow up to be a God-fearing generation. We pray this and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for all the moms here today.